Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Well, welcome in, everybody. I guess it isn't two guys and a mic today unless you consider the pain on the other side of the glass or the whatever that coach calls uh, my guy David Olson because the coach, John Cohn, is going to be off today, a little bit of a mental sabbatical. They got him in the in the straight jacket. He's walking around the, the streets of Glenview. It's, it's actually a beautiful thing, him in his slippers, his pajamas, a straight jacket, walking around for a mental health day. He definitely needs it. So it's just going to be me, Joel Redwanski, giving you a, a show here with the help of our producer, David Olson. So uh, come on out and join the program if you have a chance. 888-463-4865 here on Two Guys and a Mic. So plenty to talk about in the, in the world, in the world of sports. There's always plenty of good things going on. Absolutely a gorgeous, gorgeous day out here. It was supposed to be rainy and cold all week, but uh, we've had a pretty good week so far, so... You definitely want to take advantage of these gorgeous days at this time of year because they're not going to be around for long. As a matter of fact, the, the east coast of the United States is supposed to be hit with a, a massive blizzard. And in, in late October, you know, you normally get the, the flurries and, you, you know, you get a little bit of a, you know, you get some type of snow around the United States. But the, the northeast of the, of the state is supposed to get hit with a massive tornado, uh, excuse me, snowstorm. But considering what's happened in Mexico and Cancun, the snowstorm wouldn't be so bad right now with the with the hurricanes down there. So you know, plenty of crazy weather all over the world. But here in uh, the city of Chicago, absolutely gorgeous. So if you got a chance, go out there and take advantage of it. Go go out to a football game or something like that on Friday night. Uh, just I don't think we're going to have this for very much longer. So I'm definitely going to take advantage of it today. So plenty to talk about in terms of sports. Last night, the World Series. Obviously, was canceled. So uh, tonight, Game Six is going to be played. Hopefully, uh, there's they're definitely going to start the game. They said because there's like a thirty percent chance of rain, and they figured they might have to stop. But they're going to try to to start the game at the appropriate time, so they so the stoppages won't affect play as much. We'll figure out how Major League Baseball does that. But with these new uh, radars and and the way they predict weather. It's really phenomenal. They have not made a mistake this whole postseason in terms of when putting teams out there and, and when pulling them. I mean, I, I know sometimes people have been upset about how it affected the starting pitcher, but quite honestly, with the, the weather that was coming in, they, they made the right choice. So I, I'm pretty confident today whenever they start the game, it's going to be the, the actual best for uh, the particip- participants. Now, for the viewer... That might be something totally, totally different. Now, we all know that the World Series has fallen in terms of its importance for the, the, the TV viewer, not obviously for the diehard baseball fan. But obviously the ratings aren't like they used to be 10, 20, 30 years ago. If you start adding rain delays into this, oh, that, that's really, really going to hurt their ratings. Nobody wants rain delay theater, you know, prime time on Thursday night. So for Major League Baseball's sake, Hopefully they can get a game in and have it go all the way through without any uh, breaks or stoppages or anything. Because uh, I don't think they want to be the most watched thing at 2.30 in the morning. That's really not going to help uh, 
advertising or, or help uh, their bottom line whatsoever in, in that particular case. But uh, now everybody knows I'm a Cubs fan. If you listen to the show, so you would think I hate the Cardinals. It's not a it's not a hate of the Cardinals. It's more of a, a friendly disdain for them. So uh, I really don't care who wins the World Series. I would be leaning towards the Rangers because I, I really like Ron Washington, the manager of the Rangers. He just seems like an absolutely phenomenal manager to play for. Uh, and he, he, I just like his upbeat attitude, the way he's kind of like a fan when he's watching the game. I really like him, especially in comparison to the St. Louis manager, Abner Doubleday. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry. He he didn't invent the game. I mean, Tony La Russa. So between those two, I really like Ron Washington. But I really don't, since I don't have a dog in the race, I really don't care. But I am rooting for the Cardinals tonight. So that way on Friday, we can have what is absolutely the best thing in the terms of sports, the best phrase, which is a game seven. So you got to love football because football is always a game seven in the playoffs. There's only one game. You know, and, and, but when you talk about basketball or baseball or hockey, a one game and you advance or one game and you get to actually hoist the trophy, that's awfully good. So no matter what anybody says about my I'm a Cub fan and, oh, it's not right rooting for the Cardinals or, or, the, or the fact that, you know, oh, do you hate the Cardinals, whatever. It doesn't matter. Tonight I'm a Cardinal fan because I'm hoping for that, that game seven tomorrow night, which would be a Friday. Which baseball, I'm sure, would be more than happy to have a Friday night game seven for them because maybe uh, we could actually have some 10, 11, 12-year-old boys or even girls actually watch the end of a game seven and maybe they can fall in love with baseball the way I did way back in the day. And that would help a little bit, just a little bit, uh, actually get this game to uh, to our youngsters, which seems to be one of the biggest problems, the fact that kids fall in love with, with their sports during the postseason. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody, nobody is playing out in a park, playing basketball one-on-one, dreaming of beating, you know, winning a regular season game. It's always a, a, a finals game and stuff. And since basketball is played in the summer, they're, they're championships, kids get to watch those games. They, they're able to see the end of them. And plus, basketball is smart. They make sure those games end about 10 o'clock at night, central time, 11 o'clock eastern time. Baseball has to figure that out. So hopefully no rain delay for them tonight. Hopefully this game isn't ending at 2.30 in the morning and the, and the Rangers are clinching. And and uh, the only people in the world who see it are in St. Louis and, and Texas at that point. So uh, just hoping because uh, Coach, who is not here today, obviously, it's uh, one and a half guys in a mic. Uh, you know, we've talked about how the World Series has fallen in terms of like national respect. I was, well, Maybe not respect, just uh, of the spotlight. And I don't need, I, we don't want any more of this going on, any, any more compounded interest. But, you know, I, I guess when the Chicago Cubs finally do reach the World Series eventually over the next 10 years, sometime, maybe they will, I'm promising you, they will reach the World Series within the next 10 years now that we have one named Theo. Uh, when that happens, all of a sudden the spotlight will be back on the World Series and there won't be any problems with ratings and there will be 10-year-old boys staying up until two o'clock in the morning to watch these games because the dad's going to be telling them this is never going to happen again, son. So you might as well just sleep between four and eight today when you get home from school and stay up and watch this game with me because it's not going to happen. If I do have a kid in that point, which all of a sudden doesn't seem like that bad of an idea for me anymore, I definitely will be doing that. So Yeah, but, but uh, other than other than the Cubs going to the World Series, is there another situation to bring the – the series back to the luster it once has. I don't uh, think there is. 
you know what? Uh, you're exactly right, David. And I'm going to say something here. And when I say this, people are going to cringe. And I don't want this when I say this. But the only way it happens is football strikes. Is that that, is that, that crazy for me to say that? Because if it's Sunday at 7 o'clock and the Cowboys are playing the Eagles on Sunday night football and the St. Louis Cardinals are playing the Rangers on Sunday night, and it's not a game seven, if it's a game seven, people are still watching football. But other than football going on, I mean, do you think football going on strike would probably be the most to help the World Series ratings, David? I mean, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, I think they would. I mean, but it's, that's not what they need. I mean, hopefully baseball's not hoping for football to go on strike. I don't know what that is. And if somebody could come up with an idea that would uh, actually try to save baseball's ratings, I would really, really like to hear it. Now, what's the phone number, David? I always mess it up. It is 888-463-6748. See, I messed it up last time. That was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, no, I just kind of let it slide, though. <laughs> I do appreciate you not calling me out on it. But, so. but what's going on with baseball's ratings is the same thing that's going on with the ratings across the board. Okay? It's, I mean, it's not just baseball's ratings that are down. It's every single solitary thing on television. With, with, yeah. with the exception of the NFL. I mean, they're still high. But then again, they're not as high as they would have been, say, 15 years ago. Yeah, especially when you consider, I don't know what the population increase in the United States is, but the amount of television channel choices, the amount of information choices, entertainment choices, might double every single, like, channels go up about 20% a year, it seems like, but, like, the, the amount of information and stuff that you can do in the world nowadays, it doubles every year, so uh, you're exactly right. That has a lot more to do with the fact that uh, everybody's ratings are down. Well, right, 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 but, but the, the main problem with that is that the rating system itself is outmoded. You know, it's you, you can't just go on, you can't go on, oh, who's watching it on TV at that exact moment. you got to take everything into consideration. you got to take in online streaming. you got to take DVR and all that other things that they're not doing at this point. Yeah, good point. Because you're exactly right. I, I, uh, was on, I was on the train going into, going into work, and a guy was watching the World Series on his phone. So... There, yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, and I'm and the sure guy, people are not including that. Yeah, I'm sure people are watching it on MLB.com and other sources. So you got to take all that into consideration when figuring figuring the ratings. Why they haven't started taking those steps yet? I, I don't know. Yeah, that that needs to be. There needs to be two numbers, I guess. Your television ratings and your cumulative ratings of, of everything. And it's really easy to figure out who's watching it on the phone and who's watching it, who's streaming, download, you know, download streaming, which MLB.com has. You can watch the World Series if you want to, folks. So if you're a, you know, if you're a diehard Ranger fan and for some reason you have to, you have a job or you work on Thursday nights, hopefully you have access to a computer because you can still watch the game. And then, and hopefully that's, that's coming soon. You know, we finally got our second quarterback rating that took everything into, uh, you know, uh, into realization with with ESPN's QBR, that will happen too, David. It's just, it's just around the corner. I don't know how they're going to quantify everything. That that'd be a good question. But uh, so, but the, the thing I want to touch on with that is you're exactly right. That's probably a lot more people than just television watchers are watching it. But uh, coach, since he's since he's not here, we'll we'll kind of critique some of the stuff he said. And I thought about this a little bit. Um, he, he is a hundred percent 
right with saying that the World Series just doesn't have the allure. So even though the ratings are down, generally speaking, you know, when he said, you know, I don't even think uh, like the, the kids in high school nowadays when the World Series started could have told you who was in the World Series. So that, that's something else that the baseball has to deal with. It. And maybe it has to do with maybe the, the championship series don't end at 2 o'clock in the morning, which is, uh, an absolute joke. So, well, right, and and it's, you can't go you can't go backwards because I think there are too there are too many teams in the leagues league. First of all, they overdid it with the expansion, and the playoffs are way too long. And those things both contribute because you've got the wild card races in it and everything like that. So you get the extra teams in there, and there just isn't there isn't the, it. You don't have the pennant chases like you used to. Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more with when you just said that uh, the playoffs are too long. And if they're talking about adding another round to the playoffs, don't do it, baseball. Whatever, please. You have a really, really good format right now. I wish there were, you know, four divisions instead of six divisions. Because you know, David, I'm always talking about less divisions. I don't. I want a division championship to be worth something. We have six teams. It, it isn't worth as much. Uh, I really like the way that they, they have it now. They're talking about adding a new round. and All I know is what would have happened at the end of this season would never have happened, which was one of the greatest last 10 days baseball has ever had, ever. Please, baseball, don't add another round to your playoffs and, and mess up your, your system whatsoever. That's what I'm asking for you now. Talking about the World Series, and uh, the only other – Big news besides the World Series in baseball right now is the Chicago Cubs hiring Theo Epstein. Now, this is the day after the press conference, and uh, all I know is people all over Chicago that I, I was talking to, I was lucky to be in the city the last couple of days, and, and uh, seeing a lot of different people, family members, every, everybody, and they're all giving me their opinion, obviously. And, you know, people are like, dude, he's bringing a World Series here, acting like he's the savior. Very few of my friends have, have been – what I think is the, the best way to look at it, the most tempered way, is to say, hey, he said everything right. He's got a pedigree. I'm extremely optimistic. And that's all you should say. That's, I mean, anybody that thinks he's going to be a savior, don't, these same people are saying he's a savior, blah, blah, blah. As soon as they have a good team and, and, and they choke in a playoff series or lose, they're, oh, it's the Cubs, it'll never happen. So... I don't want people thinking that way. He is not a savior. He's not any of that stuff. Uh, and I, I just want to reiterate, man, he did phenomenal in that press conference. I, I just walked away saying that dude is as sharp as anybody that's ever been in the Cubs organization. So I, I can honestly see why the the Red Sox fans, Red Sox Nation, absolutely adored this guy for so long because, uh, then again, like I said, it's only words. He has not done any of this yet, but you talk about when a guy comes in as your president of baseball operations and to lay down the foundation to everybody in Cub Nation what he wants to do and also acknowledge, hey, this isn't as bad as everybody says it is. This, this, this organization has some talent in it. It was just phenomenal. And, and, and as a Cub fan, before, like when they was rumored, oh, they're hiring them, they got a Cubs got to work out a deal, all that other stuff. You know, I was extremely hesitant in terms of, hey, you gotta, you gotta, who is he bringing over from Boston? All this other stuff. Well, you know what? I'm excited now, and I really am. And I, I, but I also have to remember, those were just words. It wasn't action. So uh, hopefully, one day I can look back, and the Cubs are a perennial 
contender every single season, and they're in October often. Like they, being the Chicago Cubs in the National League Central, they have the most money. If they have the ability to build an organization, there's no reason why they shouldn't just absolutely dominate that division. The Houston's, the Pittsburgh's, the Cincinnati's of the world, and the Milwaukee's because they're losing. They're gonna. They can't keep that great team that they have together very long. If the Cubs are smart enough to build a strong organization, they should be able to dominate that division. Quite frankly, it's as simple as that. So that's what I'm looking for. And again, Cub fans, I'm going to say it again. I'm not looking for the quick fix. If somebody told me they got to throw a, a, you know, a, if they threw a boatload of cash at somebody, they'd have a good shot at the World Series. And sure, I don't want to do that either. What I, I want them to build an organization so they have a shot at the World Series every year. And if it takes two or three, I'm in. I'm all in on that one. So, uh, and Theo uh, Epstein sounds like that's kind of the way he's going to do it. And, and I love the fact that he laid out, you know, he's got a five-year contract. So maybe he's trying to get that second five-year contract, which is maybe smart doing it. But he basically said, if I don't win a World Series in 10 years, I did not do my job. So, Theo, I, I like that. I absolutely appreciate that. So, and uh, we have another Cubs fan on the line that wants to add his two cents. And that would be David Olson. That would be Brady Stiff. Oh, Brady Stiff, what's up, Brady? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, big dog. How are you? I saw you're flying solo this morning, so I figured I'd uh, hop on and help you out a little bit. I absolutely uh, appreciate that because I can always use all the help I can get. Uh, hopefully you were listening to, to my Theo Epstein thoughts, and, and I, I listened to you, too, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I know that you're happy about the whole Theo thing. Why don't you give me your take on everything? I definitely am happy about it, and, and like you were saying, it's, and Theo said as much on Tuesday in his press conference. It's going to take some time. He's not going to do this overnight. Uh, it's not going to be any one move that he makes that gets this team back to relevancy because, quite frankly, they are irrelevant right now in the baseball landscape. But mm-hmm. as, as he takes time, and what he said on Tuesday, a couple things stood out to me. He said, one, that the Cubs really got his attention uh, during the uh, amateur draft back in June. He was sitting in the Red Sox draft room. He saw he, he uh, what the Cubs did caught his eye, caught his attention, because it was a change in philosophy for the Cubs. That was attractive to him. What he also talked about was this Cubs way concept, which if I'm if memory serves, uh, the Braves sort of do this kind of thing where they um, have the same philosophy throughout their organization, and that's, that's something the Cubs have been lacking. And if, 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 if Theo Epstein can uh, institute, the Cubs will be much better off. You know, you're 100% right about about everything that you said right there. And, and as a diehard Cubs fan, I'm will, you're willing to wait a couple years, aren't you, in order to build a whole – I mean, obviously we would love them for them to win four World Series games next October, obviously. But it, it's going to take time, and I have no problem waiting and also having them build something. I've waited, I've, I've waited 24 years, Big Dog. You've waited longer than I have. It's been 103 years. What's a couple more? Uh huh. And and some sometimes when they make moves at the beginning, they oh we have to win it before you get to a hundred years. That is like the worst way to win a World Series. Because <laughs> <laughs> whatever, we're going to close our eyes and roll the dice. Well, yeah. Get the two. No, he he was talking about sustained success. That's those are two words that that also stood out to me. Sustained success. Look at the Red Sox since he took over. I mean they they're they're in it every year. They may not have made the playoffs every year, but they're in contention. In September, and that's that's where the Cubs have not been. But they had that two-year window in 07-08 uh, where they didn't do anything in the playoffs. 
But then in 09, you know, they kind of wet the bed a little bit. So you got to get back to being relevant every year. And, you know, the, the young kids are going to what, what make that ha- are, are going to be what makes that happen. You know, Brett Jackson coming up, Josh Vitters, all these young kids who we've heard about and heard about and heard about, you know, combined with Starlin Castro, you get rid of some of these contracts. I mean, it, it's going to take some time with, hey, by the way, did you hear that Theo uh, has the authority now to eat some of these bad contracts? Wow. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I did not. Yeah, I, I did not. How long did they get? How long do we have a job opening in left field? I mean, come on. <laughs> the, the most. I mean, legitimate. Like, if you're, you're talking about Soriano, eight years, hundred and thirty-six uh, million dollars. Just the one thing I want to say to the Cubs that if you're going to spend that much money on a player that has obviously unbelievable talent like Alfonso Soriano, please go to the quotient of is he fundamentally sound? Because if you're not right. fundamentally sound, there's no reason to get over a hundred million dollars contract. Now, uh, Theo, I mean, Ricketts alluded to something right when he took over uh, the organization. And he said that we're going to spend a lot of money on player development and player and scouting. Okay, and I was, I was happy to hear that. And Theo Epstein talked about how he wants to, the money is better spent in the, in, on the, like, up front and, de- like, finding the great players and developing them and talking about how he wants to build um, a cup system. Where if you're a Cub player, you know how to catch the ball, you know how to run the bases and all that. So I don't know how you implement something like that, but it's I do like the talk what is going right. on. And like you said, when he was in the when Epstein was in the Red Sox draft room, he was blown away by how good the the Cubs draft was this year. And he's like, oh, his quote was, "They finally get it." Was his quote? Yeah. So these people have. Bash Ricketts. I didn't jump on early bashing. I was like, I'm just going to watch this, watch these guys for a couple of years. Why bash them immediately? They've turned the direction of this team. Which yeah. Question, I am now in the Ricketts families. I'm on their side. Without question, I'm on their side. So well, I think they they finally realized that you know the the people they had, the organization they had, just wasn't good enough, and they're they're finally taking the steps to make sure that they get the right people in there uh, to do to do the job that needs to be done because it's a big job. It's a big job. It's a, it's a, it's a huge job. Hey, hey Brady, Steph, I really appreciate you calling in because you are you, you fill in for me all the time when uh, when I'm not here for coach. Now, how can I listen to some of your stuff? Let us know. Uh, the website is ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. Uh, I normally have a show today, but my co-host called in sick at the very last minute, so no show today. But it's usually Tuesdays and Thursdays from 11 to 1, and then I always post uh, – post clips of the show on my Facebook and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for that. Well, I definitely will. And I've made a promise to myself recently that I'm going to be doing more of this social media. And look, I do it, and all of a sudden you're calling in. I appreciate it, Brady. No problem, big dog. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, uh, I see uh, Brady Stiff, one of the co-hosts here on Two Guys in a Mic whenever I'm not doing my show. But we have a regular caller. Well, I shouldn't say regular. Because anybody with a name like Dutch cannot be regular. We got Dutch calling in from Central Michigan. What's up, Dutch? How you doing today, buddy? Hey, how you doing? I just uh, wanted to call and uh, congratulate. I've never been a Theo Epstein. I mean, I don't like Boston, but I think that's a, a great pickup for the Cubs. Um, I think it's the best thing to do for the Cubs is change the culture, bring someone in who's done it somewhere else, and get a, get a, um, a system and do it from from Chicago all the way down to um, Peoria, and, and everyone on the same page. And I just want to hear your thoughts. Oh, yeah, that's that, you know, exactly the right. way. That's how they're going to have to get back into it. When you bring up Peoria, you know, they're, 
their their uh, single A squad, you know that's like where the the core of your organization is going to be built. You know when these guys, all these all these players that are in the organization at the cup and in the draft are going to go through rookie ball. Okay, and after rookie ball, they determine whether or not they're like a high level prospect or whatever. Then they and then then they determine what they're going to do with them at single A because you go through all the rookie leagues and then it's single A, double A. And then from double-A, typically you make the major leagues. Triple-A is basically after you've been in the major leagues, they send you back down there. So if that's exactly how the Cubs are going to build themselves up is through Peoria and West Penn, which is in Jackson, Tennessee. They're double-A team. If they are going to contend for a World Series, perennially, they're going to have to do it that way. Now, who's your team? Who's your MLB team? Uh, you said a Cleveland fan. And, you know, the Browns have been an expansion team now for about 13 years. And uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they brought in Holmgren, and he brought in his guy, uh, Tom Heckert. And I think it's a lot like what the Cubs are doing with Ricketts and Epstein, just shaking it up and, and rebuilding it and um, putting a face to the franchise. I mean, I think the thing for the Cubs all these years is the Tribune Company. I mean, I think the Cubs were a write-off, but now you got to face the franchise and bring in a different attitude, and I'm hoping the Browns do the same thing. But... Uh, I, I know the Indians, you know, they've got different problems but with with cash, but they put all their money in player development, and you see it pay dividends down the road. You know, the the Indians, have had, they had the, the, the John Hart era, where, it, like, legitimately they fed the whole American League after I mean, they would have all these guys go through Cleveland, go to, you know, they go to the World Series a couple times, and then they wouldn't be able to, to resign them. You know, they've had a resurgence in how much talent that uh, has been brought up through the, the Major League system over the last couple of years. So uh, it seems like they're doing things right, too. So hopefully they, uh, your team can keep a few of your players around so you don't have to lose them to the, to the rest of the Major League Baseball. So, I, uh, now, now, Dutch, uh, it says here that you're a Michigan State fan. I just give your thoughts about what happened against Wisconsin this past weekend as, as we changed gears a little bit to NCAA football because it says here you're a Michigan State fan. <laughs> yeah, I was at the game. Uh, it was, uh, I still can't get over it. I went to Mass uh, Sunday, and I couldn't believe they weren't talking about the game. But I guess they've got other stuff to talk about. But it was it was bedlam. It was amazing. I mean, I, I've seen us lose so many games, and, and that's the way we usually lose. So it's nice to finally get a win like that. Okay, so hold on. You went, to, you went to church. You said mass, right? You went to church, and you were expecting your, I guess, priest. If you said mass, to be talking yeah. about the Michigan State Holy uh, Hail Mary at the end of the game. Uh, I went in and saw a friend of mine, and I said, "I gotta go say a Hail Mary." But uh, it was something else. Now I'm just wondering: are you are you uh, are you dating anybody? Or are you a single guy? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's, it, I'm day to day. Oh, you're okay. I understand. I understand. So it's it's, it's touch and go or touch and feel. Yeah. All right. Touch right. and go. I, I studied under uh, in Chicago under uh, the Scott Van Skelvin uh, model. So you know. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who that is. But yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it's good. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. sure it's good. So. So what do you what do you think? Are you fired up now about the Cubs and and. About yeah, I, I, I absolutely am, and, and like I was saying earlier, Dutch, I really don't, all, I'm not like all of a sudden saying, oh, you know, we're going to win a World Series, he's a savior. But what he said, obviously it's only words, he has to implement all of this into action and realization. 
But you talk about a GM saying absolutely everything he was supposed to say at a press conference. All I know is we got the sharpest dude in the room. That's I knew that. There was no question the smartest guy in that room was Theo Epstein. He wasn't like looking down, looking at his notes. People asking questions. He gave re- legitimate, real answers, and basically he was talked about just like uh, how, how Brady just talked about the fact that he, yeah, he's willing to eat contracts. That's that's awfully good. You know, eating a couple, you know, tens of millions of dollars. So uh, very excited, very excited. And the, 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 I think the the coolest thing out of all of this was him acknowledging that the Cubs actually had talent in the organization. When GMs come in, presidents come in. Oh, we we had to rebuild from the start. You know, with a cupboard bare. He's like, no, the cupboard isn't bare. Part of the reason why we came here is because the draft last year, the Cubs snatched up a bunch of talent. So yes, he he said the right things to get you excited, like the. The Cubs organization's going in the right direction, and I'll, I'll say it again: I'm in it for the rest of my life, and I intend to live a long life. Dutch, I want them to be good perennially, and if it takes a couple years to clean out the organization and, and set it up, I'm in it. I'll, I have no problem doing that whatsoever. So I do. Well, one one last thing, and I'll let you go. Okay. I know you have lots of calls, but uh, the one exciting thing that I heard that you know, he's buddies with Eddie Vedder, and he might get uh, Pearl Jam at uh, Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Who's buddies? Oh, yeah, Phil Epstein's buddies with Eddie? Yeah, they're real they're tight, and uh, he uh, he said that I, I heard it on an interview that, you know, he's going to get the baseball thing done first. He's going to work, you know, go to work on the baseball thing, but he'd love to get Pearl Jam at, at Wrigley. That, oh, oh, to play at Wrigley. How cool would that be? Oh, don't, don't, don't even tease me with that Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, where do those beer commercials? Are getting better than that? I, that would be unreal. And by the way, I, I, obviously you listen because you know I'm a massive Pearl Jam fan. Saw Pearl yeah. Jam twenty the other day. Salmon Crow's Ode to Pearl Jam, and I, I will admit this freely: there was a moment or two where I got a little misty-eyed. I didn't cry, but I welled up a couple times. How emotional I got! I felt like I was twenty years old again. I'm not kidding. Watching that movie, that was phenomenal. One of the best documentaries of any band I've ever seen. Pearl Jam 20 by uh, by Cameron Crow. I said Matt Cameron, who's obviously the drummer of Pearl Jam. Cameron Crow, uh, director, movie maker, phenomenal. So, have you seen that yet? Pearl Jam 20. Gene, phenomenal. Well, All right, Josh. A lot. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yeah. Bye. Oh uh, well, a couple callers calling in. Do appreciate that. Uh, you know. Obviously, as a Cub fan, everybody knows I'm pretty excited. Okay, so things are going in the right direction. It's nice talking about the Cubs in October. Hopefully one day we'll be talking about the Cubs in October and we'll be talking about pitching matchups instead of who they're going to bring into the organization to try to save it the next uh, coming year. Speaking of tonight's World Series matchup, that'll be Colby Lewis versus Jaime Garcia. So uh, Jaime Garcia, an excellent pitcher, the problem is, Texas has got about 800 right-handed batters that can hit the ball over the fence in their lineup. So he's definitely going to be faced with an extremely tough challenge tonight. So another guy who's going to be facing an extremely tough challenge is Chris Harris. Folks, uh, the safety for the Chicago Bears who requested a trade a couple weeks ago because he was upset that he was benched. It was funny, he was benched because Lovey Smith was upset that he took horrible angles on tackles and pass plays and he was bad. Well, Chris Harris got benched and demanded a trade afterwards. Well, nobody wanted him. So he was released today. And I, all I can say is, I've walked Chris Harris, the most roller coaster career in the, in, uh, of the Bears over the last couple of years. If you consider 
He comes in as a, as a seventh-round pick, as a rookie, starts and is awesome and is a ball hawk. Then the, the Bears just give up on him because they sign Adam Archuleta. And you're like, why do they – he's worse than Chris Harris was. Chris Harris has a Pro Bowl year in Carolina. The Bears bring him back. He has a good season. And then I don't know what happened. He got, he, he got paid uh, two years ago. And ever since then, he's been horrible since he got paid. And if you're going to demand trades – and if you're going to demand you've got to start me, well, then you better produce when they give you a chance to start after you do that. And he did not. The Bears have a chance to go to the playoffs this year and have a pretty good team, especially if they can continue to protect number six, Jay Cutler. If that doesn't happen, the, the, the defense doesn't really make a, a difference. But I'm going to say if you're a Chicago Bear and you're going to talk smack about your situation, when you get a chance, you better play. You did it, Chris Harris. You got cut. And guess what? Have, have fun trying to find another job in the NFL. I throw that out there. So uh, I just can't stand people demanding trades, all that other stuff. Just play, just play. You're, I mean, you're getting a job where you get paid uh, about twenty-five to thousand dollars to two million dollars a game, depending on what your particular contract is. If you're Peyton Manning, uh, so just shut up and play. And, you know, and I do realize it's a business and all that other stuff, but you're on a team. Don't ask to be traded from the team. What do the other 52 guys in the locker room think of you when you say, oh, I, I, do, I want to trade? What about the guy that's starting ahead of you right now? What he does, what, that teammate doesn't count? Maybe you should have played a little bit better. I, I, so that's why I don't feel bad for Chris Harris whatsoever. It wasn't just like, oh, they cut him for no reason. He was bad and a lot of out of nowhere. You're talking about a guy that fit in well in, a, in, the, in the locker room for years, and all of a sudden he starts doing that. So I uh, walk Chris Harris. What do you talk about it when it comes to, to, to the Bears? Now, this week is the bye week. So, typically what happens, if you're a smart man that has a girlfriend or a wife, you make sure you do something with the girlfriend or wife. If you have both, that's your own problem. But you need to do something with uh, on the bye week. So, this is the week where you have to figure out, do something romantic. Do something, you know, your wife probably doesn't know that the Bears aren't playing this week, and she can say, hey, babe, you know, this Sunday, instead of me just sitting on the couch and you bringing beers to me every 15 minutes, you know, why don't we go out dancing or do something? Guys, I'm telling you, it'll go a long way. She won't notice that. Don't even – and then she'll be like, what about the Bears game? And you can just say something like frivolous, like, oh, I don't care about the Bears game. I just want to worry about you today. Do you realize that will get you like two or three months of Sundays without having to worry about anything? So, fellas, or ladies, because there might be ladies out there who love football and their partners don't. You have to take advantage of this bye week. So. It's uh, it's Thursday now. I would plan something this today at work, and when you get home today, have like something special to do this particular Sunday. It would be behoove you. Trust me. I love watching football, so I know on these particular moments, if uh, you know, with if I have a significant other, which hopefully I will soon or do now, I'm going to make sure that uh, this person knows that. Oh, she doesn't have to know that the Bears aren't playing this Sunday. And by the way, this Sunday, if you want something to do which I'm trying to tell you you need something to do because it's the bye week, coming out to the Montgomery Ward building on the Chicago River, I'm hosting the first annual haunted tour. And, and folks, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I started, I started writing it. It's almost done. But the, the couple spots that I have, one of them is so chilling that when I read it, I got the chills. and I, I could not. It's a really, really, really good story, and it's about a specific clown here in the city of Chicago. So if you're horrified of clowns and you like adrenaline rushes, you definitely want to hear this particular story. On Sunday at 530, the Montgomery Ward building, Water Riders, uh, the kayak company, 
the first kayak company to put kayaks on the river in the city of Chicago, waterriders.com. That's with one R. Check it out. Or just go to my Facebook page or contact me, Joel Radwanski at Yahoo. I'll set you up with a real special price for this particular Saturday. Oh, excuse me, Sunday at 530. And don't forget, it's a haunted tour. We want you to dress up. After we go out and paddle, we go to Motel Bar, which is in the Montgomery Ward building. You get a special deal. You, you pay industry price at the bar. Whoever has the best costume wins a very special price from the big dog. Big dog. So check it out. Contact me, joelwanski.com, or just go to waterriders.com and uh, send an email to us, and we'll reserve a spot for you for this particular Sunday. Hopefully, we'll see you out there. So, now, one thing that I always talk about with Coach, I love the guy, but sometimes I think we talk a little bit too much for Just a little bit too much. Because there's plenty of crazy stories out there, plenty of weird stuff to talk about. And, and recently, uh, Coach came up with a, a segment called Hear Ye, Hear Ye. I, I, I like, oh, no, no, excuse me. That was the one I came up with. He said, uh, what, something, seek and ye shall find. This is what he came up with, which I, I definitely like the name of that. And came up with a bunch of goofy stories, and we would bounce it off of each other. Well, I was, I was pretty happy that Coach decided to do that. So before I get into some of the emails I got, one of them is about uh, college football, which I'll, I'll end the show with later. There's a couple stories around <laughs> around the internet right now that are just absolutely so unbelievable. I just I just got to shake my head. One of them is pretty funny, and, and it involves a conjugal visit. And anytime I can say conjugal visit on the show, I'm pretty happy about it. And most likely that means coaches in here because he is the only one that is allowed to elude on the show. I'm not actually allowed to do that. But this is a, a story about a woman by the name of Amanda, Amanda Confer, who's 24 years old. And she got on a bus. Well, on that bus happened to be two uh, inmates. Uh, one of them's name is uh, Joshua Schill, and the other one is Randall Peterson. Well, uh, Mr. Peterson and Mr. Schill were coming back from uh, their work release program work, going back to prison. They, I guess they don't have... Uh, uh, violent crimes, well, who knows what state it is, but they don't have any violent crimes, so they, they get to leave jail, go to work, get back on the bus, and go back to back to jail. Well, this woman, Amanda Confer, is Randall Peterson's girlfriend. Well, uh, Amanda brings her baby onto the bus, goes to the back where Mr. Schill and Mr. Peterson are sitting, and she decides to hand her baby girl over to Mr. Schill, and then proceeds to do many different things, which happens to be many different forms of sex, to Mr. Peterson in the backseat of the bus. Well, when she's done, she takes her baby back from Mr. Schill and gets off the bus. And next thing you know, well, some people are like, you know, they did so-and-so. Well, the cameras, the surveillance cameras, busted these people doing this. So now she was arrested. Her mugshot is pretty nice. She's got a big smile on her face. And uh, on her Facebook page after she got arrested, her statement is, I miss my boo so effing much, I couldn't help it. So just to let you know, conjugal visits don't just happen in prisons. They also happen on public buses. And it's also good to know that uh, criminals ride public buses. It's very, it's, I'm happy to know that now. I didn't know that before. I'm not happy about it, but I am happy to know it since it is actually going on. So, uh, be very careful when you see a guy in an orange jumpsuit and a girl getting on a bus talking about where my boo, because who knows what's going to actually happen in that particular instance. So now, 
I don't want to act perverted, but I do have another story that has a, a little bit of a of a different twist to it. And but it involves TSA, and and you know how TSA is. People getting felt up, you never know. But this one is a little bit different. This doesn't have anything to do with uh, the, the Transportation Security Administration actually feeling up like a, a seven-year-old kid who's freaking out or, or a, a woman in a wheelchair opening up her diaper. It has nothing to do with this. This one has, a, has something to do with a note, a note left in a suitcase. And that suitcase was owned by a woman by the name of Jill Filipovich, who's a New York City blogger and worse off, a real occupation lawyer. Uh-oh. You don't want to mess with a lawyer. You do anything wrong to a lawyer, next thing you know, the whole world ends because they think they make all the laws and all the decisions in the world. But still, this was really wrong to have happened to Jill. I'm definitely on her side on this one. But let's just say somebody had lost their job. Well, Jill was flying, and when she came home, she opened up her uh, suitcase and had noticed that one of her sexual toys that she had in her suitcase had a note attached to it, and the note, which was written on TSA uh, uh, notepad, had the phrase, get your freak on, girl. Well, Jill wasn't too happy that she her privacy was intruded. Jill should know better that she shouldn't have those type of toys when she's traveling for the simple fact they look through your bag, people. And they would have opened that thing up, taken the batteries out, making sure everything was safe before they let it on the plane, just to let you know. So, you know... If you don't want people finding out you had that stuff, don't put it in there. But then again, you shouldn't have notes attached to stuff like that to say, get your freak out, girl. So she went to TSA. They found out, the TSA found out which guy did it because all that stuff's monitored. They they had the guy on tape, write the note, put it on the, on the thing, and he was fired immediately after. So they removed him from his position. Now this woman has got so much notoriety about it that her, like, her Twitter account has, like, quadrupled in the amount of hits to it. But the problem is, you know, I'll, she's getting a lot of uh, hits from guys like, hey, you know, I, I can do this for you. You don't need to toy and all that. The thing is, is she's like a feminist, kind of a, of a man-hater in the, in the thing. She doesn't want a boyfriend, can't stand guys in general. I guess that's why uh, she needs a toy, I guess. I don't want to get into all that. But, uh, so, but she has handled it really well. So she has continue to co- her commentary on wine, cheese, and feminism, and, and basically has let these guys know you can unfollow me at any moment, which I do like. So she definitely got the last laugh on that one. But, but just a, a little thing, if you don't want people finding out what's in your, uh, what's in your carry-on luggage and all that stuff, uh, well, I guess that wouldn't be carry-on. That would be the, the stowaway stuff. But you don't want to bring stuff like that with you on, on trips because Jill Phillips Philippobus found out the wrong way that they do go through your stuff. And, and uh, by the way, I do have a deal on batteries, Jill, so if you need any, just give me a contact here at Two Guys and a Mic. Another story that kind of just shakes your head, really? Are people this bad in the world? I guess this is unlike horrible, but in just in turn, yeah, it is, this is horrible, if you think about it. There's a guy by the name of Kevin Gaylor. He lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I don't know if it has anything to do with Colorado State, but that's an absolutely gorgeous part of the United States. I don't know why I said that. I've never been there. Who am I to know? But it's definitely a place I want to go because I'm a, I'm a rafting and outdoors uh, type of guy. Well, this guy, Kevin Gaylor, is waiting for a date to come that uh, to his house. She's supposed to get there at 3 a.m. And this is going to be the first time he ever met this girl. He met her on the Internet. 
made a bunch of contacts with her, traced some emails. Hey, come on over at 3 a.m. I want to meet you. It's always a good time to meet somebody for the first time. I mean, typically, uh, the people that I've met at 3 a.m. were usually the, the best drug dealers and prostitutes in the city of Chicago. Not that I took advantage of them, but hey, let's admit it. 3 o'clock, 3 a.m., who you meet at 3 a.m., honestly? Unless these, the only, like, good people that are out at 3 a.m. are, uh, Mexicans that are waiting at Home Depot so they'd be first in line for somebody to show up and give them work at 6 a.m. in the morning. Seriously. What happens at 3 a.m. that's any good? Well, while he's waiting for this girl, his regular girlfriend stops by at about 2.45 in the morning. Oh, babe, it's good to see you. Well, while, while he's waiting for the same girl to show up, there's a, there's a knock at the door and a knock at the window. And the girlfriend's like, hey, what's going on, Kevin? There's somebody out here outside the door. What's going on? So Kevin Gaylor knows that this girl that he's calling he's supposed to meet, he decides to call the police and say that there's a burglar breaking into his house. The police come, they grab the girl, and she's like, hey, I was supposed to meet some guy here. Well, the, she proves it with uh, all these different uh, messages that they have uh, you know, on her phone from the guy. Well, he ends up being arrested right in front of his girlfriend for a false police report. So you got to love it. This guy decides to save his butt from his girlfriend by saying that his date was actually trying to break into his house. Kevin Gaylor, you know, I, I have to tip my hat to you for ingenuity, but for stupidity, you beat that by 100%, my goodness. That's, <laughs> I mean, luckily, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a mode right now where I'm more than happy to, you know, to be with one person. To do that? If this, if that girl did not break up with him, his current girlfriend, if she did not break up with him immediately and take all her stuff out of his, his house and get out, she deserves all the pain and suffering that this guy's eventually going to lay in her lap. So uh, sometimes I just got to shake my head. That is definitely one of them. So uh, that's just some of the uh, some of the scary stories going around the world. If uh, if you have any, please feel free. Uh, to send them at uh, two guys Mike at AOL.com so Coach can lead them, read them. We'll definitely be more than happy to uh, read these stories over the air and uh, give people some stuff. Or just send them to me at JoelRedWanski at Yahoo.com. I love those links because every time somebody sends me a link to all these crazy stories, I end up finding like five more links. The next thing you know, I, I waste about four hours of me just reading goofy stories on the Internet, which, to be quite honest with you, if I'm going to blow time, I'd much rather do that than what I had previously been doing for 15 years, which was blowing a lot more than just time, blowing money and everything else. So, folks, please do that for me. So, uh, now, uh, I want to read a couple emails that I got. And if you're a listener or two guys in a mic, you definitely know one thing. Coach and I are huge, huge football fans, especially of the college variety. And I got an email here from, uh, from a guy that I know personally, and uh, he's a huge football fan, too. And it's a, it's a pretty long, drawn-out email that I don't want to get into it, but he's, uh, he's upset about conference realignment and everything that's going on, and he brought up the fact that it looks like Missouri now is going to be a part of the Southeast Conference. Well, let me tell my, my idea about conference alignment. Now, it does look like Missouri is going to be part of the Southeast, and there's going to be more upheaval in college football. And... I really wish they could do something about it. Before I get into what they should do, Missouri, do you really want to do that? you got a pretty decent football team. You possibly have a chance to contend every once in a while in the, 
in the Big 12. I mean, you could win the Big 12. Well, obviously, there's no North and South anymore. There's only 10 teams. But, you know, you have a chance to every once in a while be better than Oklahoma and Texas is in the same season. I mean, you're about the same level program that Oklahoma State is, even though, obviously, Oklahoma State this year, one of the finest teams in the country, especially offensively. But if you go to the SEC, you do realize that two and six conference record is basically what you're going to be averaging after that. There is no way perennially you will be better than South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Arkansas. Those seven teams are Tennessee, number eight. There's no way perennially you'll be better than those eight teams. No chance. Missouri is a decent program that could be in the top 25 every once in a while. Like half the seasons, they should be in the top 25. But when you go to the SEC, you might as well kiss winning football goodbye. You better be careful what you wish for. You're going to get it. There's other teams. I don't know who these teams think they are going into these bigger conferences thinking that they're actually going to be better off. You're going to be much, much worse off. I, I, I know as a diehard Big Ten fan, i got to kind of point the finger at myself. There's been conference realignment throughout the whole entire history of football. But between the 50s and early 90s, it was pretty much set in stone. There, were not, there was not a lot of conference movement. There were new conferences created, and they were mostly for your mid-majors. But the Big Eight, the Pac-10, which was actually you know the, the Pac-8 until they, until they added Arizona, Arizona State in the early 60s. But, I mean, that was like the addition of two teams that weren't in conferences at the time. Uh, the ACC, the SEC, these conferences were the same for uh, all of them together for 40 years, but, you know, anywhere from, you know, 40 to 100 years. And then all of a sudden, there's the last 20 years, teams are switching conferences constantly. You know, the Big Ten added Penn State. They were also trying to get Notre Dame and have a, a 12-team conference. It didn't work out. The Big Eight decides to add four teams from the Southwest Conference, and they make themselves the Big 12. and the Arkansas who was in the Southwest Conference, you know, they go to the, the SEC. And it kind of made sense at the time. Okay, so there was a little bit of movement. One conference was broke up and split into the Big 12 and the SEC. And everybody was a football fan said, you know what, that's not so bad. We, I would like to have kept the tradition, but this is pretty cool. Well, what happened the last, <laughs> the last three seasons might end up destroying college athletics because – I know everyone's going for the money grab in terms of, hey, you know, in football and basketball, we're going to be in bigger conferences and we'll get more money, okay? Everyone just assumes the money is always going to be there for these big major schools and, you know, Division One football and, and basketball. But what happens kind of like in professional sports if the income of these schools starts going down because everybody else's income is going down? And think about this. What about the fact that now you're – Boys, or excuse me, your men's polo team, your men's water polo team, now has to, instead of taking an hour and a half bus drive, is now taking a three-hour flight, okay? How much extra money is that? And you're starting to, you're saying teams like Boise State are going to end up in the Big East, and teams like West Virginia are going to end up in the Big 12. How does that make any sense? So you're going to have girls lacrosse, excuse me, ladies lacrosse, flying all the way across the country to do a match when before they would just get on a bus and, and ride for like two hours or three hours. People don't realize that 
in the NCAA, there is more than just football. And this is coming from a diehard football fan. Remember this. I'm saying this. There's the only sport is not just football, everyone. There's other stuff to be considered. So if you align all of your particular conferences just because of your football ties, what ends up happening is the, all the other athletic uh, teams that you have get hurt, and they get hurt profoundly by this. Uh, I, as a as a hard football fan, I, I want people to realize and wake up what's going on. So not only is the tradition of college football being tested here, but also all the other athletic uh, programs are being tested here. And, and I don't think it's right. And you know what the funny thing is? Everyone's doing this for a money grab because they assume that the, the – the situations are going to remain exactly the same, but I think all Americans and anybody worldwide has to—they realize that money situations can change, and they can change extremely quickly. Me personally, I know I could be totally great, and the next thing you know, just the bottom drops out. You know, so obviously you got to do whatever you can to get back up at that point. So all this money grabbing that's going on right now because of how the situation has been in America the last couple of years. Well, if we go through another, you know, economic downturn. And all of a sudden, even less money is coming to these organizations. What's going to happen then? Are schools really going to be able to afford to, to put their women's soccer team on a plane and fly them for three hours across the country to play a, a Tuesday night conference game? It's ridiculous, folks. That's all I'm saying. We need to, I wish there was some way NCAA can just come right in right now and be like, all right, you know what? All of conference associations are done. They're done right now. We're going to put these schools exactly where they should be and then determine what goes on. West Virginia should not be on the East Coast playing in the Big 12. Boise State should not be in Idaho in the Western, or they're in the Mountain Time Zone, excuse me, playing in the Big East. It's, it's not good for all of athletics. Just thought I'd throw that out there because uh, it's, that stuff's really, really important to me. You know, college football is really important to me. It's my, of all the college sports, it's the 99.9% most important, and all the other ones combined are the 0.1%. And even coming from that angle, I still don't think it's good. Okay, so please, we do have to we do have to end that. So, well, lucky for everybody, this is the end of the show. You don't have to worry about listening to me by myself very much longer. Uh, the coach will be in the, in tomorrow. We're going to be playing beat the schmoes, and, and this is something I'm going to do. I'm going to do right now. I'm going to pick my games now instead of at 9.59 in the morning because I've been busy the last couple Thursday nights, and to be quite honest with you, I've been pretty happy on those Thursday nights, but I really wasn't concentrating on deepest mode. But I plan to get off the schneid and start rolling again tomorrow, just like my guy David Olson, who has, quite honestly, been one of the, the hottest guys in all of, uh, of predicting games. Now, I looked you up, David. I, I don't know if you've made your picks already for tomorrow, but you are the hottest guy in all of football uh, predictions, and you don't even charge something. Now, Phil Helmuth has won two less games than you, but you've got to pay him $100 a weekend just to get his picks. Have you thought about charging people for your football prediction? Well, you know, the second I start doing that, my picks are going to go in the tank. Well, why don't we just film you like we used to film myself last year, okay? Maybe we can get some, some web hits because, trust me, if you all I had to do is as soon as I went like 4-0 one week last year, we had like 10,000 hits on the next vignette that we did of me doing that. And then I went like one and three that weekend, and then all I got was, you're a loser. And then like, where do you live? I want to come kill you. Like, stuff like that. Interesting. So maybe maybe I don't want to do that, though. <laughs> yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. But everybody, listen to Beat the Schmoes tomorrow. Make sure you have your three picks against the spread. 
uh, email uh, coach at two number two guys Mike at AOL.com. So your three games against the Spartans, or just give us a call tomorrow during the show uh, for your chance to win a cash prize. So uh, David, I do really appreciate you uh, flying me with the show, making it do, making it extremely simple uh, to get this done. I do appreciate it. So uh, hopefully the coach is all right. He definitely did need this mental day of rest, this sabbatical that he got. Uh, he's taking a couple of slaps in the face right now. It's, it's pretty cute. Uh, but he'll be ready to go. I'll be ready to go. David Olson, thank you very much. Thank you to all the callers today. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, make sure to check us out tomorrow on TalkZone.com. Two guys in the mic. This is Joel Rodwanski signing off. Thank you very much, everybody.